Hey everybody, thanks for joining us at the Central and Janesville podcast. Please remember to check us out on centraljanesville.com throughout the week. We're excited for wherever God's got you at right now, and we hope this message brings you a little closer. Thanks. Hey there, everybody. Uh, we all get wiser with age, right? Uh, for the most part, I think that's the case. I know I used to always look at my parents when I was young, and I felt like I, was, I could just be comfortable believing that they just knew what was right and how they should do things. And I usually felt that. And now that I'm older, I've kind of realized that they were just really good at faking that they had it all together. Maybe that's what wisdom really is. You know, we, we learn how to make it look like we know what we're doing, but really we're just kind of guessing half the time. Um, but obviously wisdom does come with age, at least a little bit. I did a lot of dumb things when I was younger that I don't, I don't think I would do today. Um, one time when I was maybe eight or nine years old, I remember throwing rocks into a rock landscape at my church growing up. And trouble was, that rock landscape was in front of a basement where the windows were just off the ground level. And so on about my fourth throw, sure enough, the rocks skipped up off the other rocks and it shattered the window. I learned that was a dumb idea, but it would have been nice if I would have learned that before throwing rocks. Um, one cold November morning, uh, my father-in-law, he took me out for a little bit of fishing. And he's a Hall of Fame fishing guide, so it's absolutely fun to, to fish with him. I actually catch stuff. And my wife, she's nice, and she packed me a thermos full of hot chocolate. And I'm not gonna lie, uh, I drank that hot chocolate. Problem was, is got to the point where I had to go to the bathroom. And I sheepishly told my father-in-law, hey, could you, could you take me in the shower so I can go to the bathroom? And I, I still remember like the disappointment on his face when I had to, when I had to go into shore. Um, but you know, I learned now if I'm going to go out fishing with him, I'm not going to drink this huge thing of hot chocolate because uh, it's not good for you. Uh, on another occasion, I thought I'd I'd be funny and I'd scare my mom back in the car out of the garage and do it really really quickly without looking. And I forgot that my sister was home from college and I literally backed up right into her car. Wisdom isn't always ours from the get-go, especially when we're young. It's, oftentimes it's a trial and error learning process that we go through. But maybe it can be more than that. Uh, with our kids, we really need it to be less of a, a trial and error thing when it comes to wisdom. Uh, when my kids came into the world, I thought that there was no way that I could keep them alive. <laughs> I, no way could I raise them and not mess it up. I was terrified. Baby number one comes and I could barely hold her and walk at the same time. But I found a way not to drop her on her head for the most part. There was that, just that one time I slipped on the ice. That, that wasn't good. Uh, but by child number two, I was doing things with both of my kids in my arms that I couldn't do originally with just the one kid. As parents, you don't get as many do-overs as other things in life. Uh, we need the gift of wisdom, the kind that comes outside of ourselves. It's the kind of wisdom that helps us get things right the first time. It's the kind of wisdom that helps us lead other people to seeing Jesus more than just seeing our mistakes. God's calling us to a wisdom that I think far exceeds the wisdom of trial and error. God has a wisdom for us that can help us do more than just kind of say, oh, that, that produced a bad result. Maybe, maybe I should do it a different way next time. God is wisdom. God knows what's best for us, and He knows how we can live in a wisdom that, that shows the rest of the world who He is. 
And we're going to continue this morning in our series on James, uh, looking at James chapter 1. And James is all about helping you and I learn how to live right. Today's idea really boils down to this idea of living with wisdom. And sometimes it seems that wisdom can be really hard for us to come by. But I think as you're going to see, I think God makes finding wisdom much more accessible than sometimes we think. And so here's the scripture, James 1, verses 5 through 8. James says, If anyone of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Should Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. Okay, so before we go any further, I, I, I just want to remind us kind of what James was talking about in the verses that immediately were before these verses. Uh, James is talking about trials and persevering in those, tri- those times of trial. In order for you and I to become mature and complete, perseverance has to be able to finish its work in us. And to do that, we've got to have wisdom. We're never going to persevere in this life if we don't have wisdom. So. Here's the first of really two major points that I want us to remember from our reading in James today. First one is this, before getting into a difficult spot, ask God for wisdom. Before getting into a difficult spot, ask God for wisdom. You might think that James is saying here that we should ask God for wisdom once trial finds us. And while I think that's a good thing, I think that we should ask for wisdom when we're in the midst of a a difficult spot. I think James would actually tell us that asking God for wisdom should happen before a trial ever heads our way. Um, James is writing with this assumption that people who face trials are going to lack wisdom of some kind. And guess what? I think there's two things that I know for sure in this life. Number one, I'm going to go through difficult spots each and every single day. Number two, I lack a lot of wisdom. And so somewhere in there, I need, I need to get wisdom from somewhere. And one of the things that I, that I find that I do every morning, and it seems to take over most of my morning prayers, and it seems to, to be repeated over and over throughout the day. I pray this a lot. I pray, Lord, give me guidance today. Direct my paths. Help me to see what you want me to do, how you want me to live. Now, I don't use the word wisdom a lot in my prayers, but that's exactly the thing that I'm asking God to give me. I need him to give me that kind of wisdom. And just listen to that verse again. If, if any one of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. God says that he will give you wisdom for the difficult spots in your life. I mean, like, oh my goodness, he's actually saying it's that easy. This is easy. Just what's, what's our problem? Are we just not asking God for wisdom? Is that why we're struggling sometimes? Asking for wisdom is huge. It's a moment of humility. It means that you are going to God in humility saying, I need something from you because I don't have it. It means you see weakness and your need for God to give that thing to you that you don't have. It's stepping into his classroom with him as a teacher and you're the student and you're just saying, teach me what you have to teach. Now, I've been a coach before and I've heard kids say, you know, coach, I want to be I want to be great at basketball. I want to start on your team next year. And so then you tell them, you're like, okay, you got to get a ball in your hands all summer long. And you never see them in the gym 
one time the whole summer. And the season comes and they're like, coach, what can I do to get more playing time? Listen to me and work harder than anyone else. And then they're the first one to start jogging during sprints. And they're talking while you're trying to instruct the team. Asking to be taught and wanting teaching are sometimes two totally different things. If you're willing to learn, Jesus is always willing to teach. Ask and then listen and do. What do I constantly ask God for wisdom? Why do I ask God for wisdom? See, I want a wisdom that, that goes beyond just trial and error wisdom. I want wisdom to do the right thing the very first time. I, I'm personally, I'm sick and tired of trying to, to do things and royally botching things the first time and having to learn from my mess ups. Uh, sometimes you're only going to get one chance at times. With my kids, I can only mess them up so many times before I do irreparable harm in their lives. I want to get this thing right. As often as I can, I want, to, I want to make that right choice the first time. So I want Jesus to show me what that right choice might look like. Sometimes it's not the choice we're about to make that's right or wrong. Bo sometimes both options that God is giving to us is a-okay. But it's our reaction to the choice that we've made and the, the scenarios that it brings about in our lives that that's what we need wisdom for. Like, I don't think it's a sin to choose to go to one college over the other, usually. Now, sometimes it might be wiser for, for one over the other, but oftentimes I don't, th I don't think it matters a whole lot. The wisdom might be in what we do when we get there. Don't just think that you've made the right initial choice and now everything is going to be easy breezy from here on out. We need to seek wisdom for every choice and every reaction to every choice that we make. As for James, when he tells us to ask for wisdom, he actually writes this uh, using the Greek present tense. And it's a constantly present thing that we need to do, asking God for wisdom. A person has to repeatedly ask for wisdom from God in order to gain a God-given understanding of what we need to do in life. That God-given wisdom allows a person to avoid the wrong paths that, frankly, difficult spots in life often bring to light. Becoming wise is difficult because we're talking about making decisions in all of the gray areas of life. The black and white things are pretty easy to be wise about. You know, should I bathe my child today? Yes, she smells hideous. Easy choice. Should I get an oil change today? Yeah, I, it's been 8,000 miles. The car is conking out on me. Yes, I sh easy choice. Should I wear a shirt today? Oh my goodness, yes. Nobody wants to see all that white on my chest. It ain't good to look at. Easy choice. I even wear a shirt when I'm going swimming. But not all the choices are that easy. Some choices don't require wisdom, but a lot of them do. Okay, so should I move my family and change my career? I might need to pray on that one. Should I send my kids to school this fall or put them in online school? I don't know. I'm just with the rest of you. I have no clue what to do. What's the best answer? These are, are the situations where wisdom gets tougher. These are the situations where it's best that I'm asking God for guidance because I maybe don't know what's best. Uh, Timothy Keller s says this, wisdom is making the right choice even when there are no clear moral laws telling you explicitly what to do. That's a lot of life right there. Are you asking God to help you in those moments when there's no clear laws telling you what's best? Are you depending on your own wisdom in those moments? Let me tell you something. Wisdom 
God's wisdom is infinitely better than your wisdom. 1 Corinthians 1.25 says, The foolishness of God is wiser than human wisdom, and the weakness of God is stronger than human strength. Before you and I ever get into a difficult spot, we need to be in the habit of asking God for wisdom to make the right decision in those moments when there's no clear answer. That's not the only thing that James is trying to, I think, get across to us when it comes to wisdom in this passage. There's something else. Second thing here is when, a difficult sp- when you're in a difficult spot, push for a deeper trust in God, even as doubt is pushing against you. When you're in a difficult spot, push for a deeper trust. Uh, let me ask you this question. Is believing something or trusting something or not believing or trusting something, is it a choice that you make or is it just from a natural feeling that you either have or you don't have? Is trust a natural thing or is it a choice that you make? And my guess is many of you, your initial response to that is like, yeah, trust is a natural thing. You either have it or you don't. But I want to challenge that assumption for just a bit right now. Let me use my fear of heights as an example. Growing up, I was always really terrified that I was going to fall to my death when I was somewhere high up. Um, If I was at a Twins game in the upper deck, which we always were in the upper deck because my parents, frankly, were too cheap to buy better tickets and they passed that on to me, I'm the same way. Uh, I'd be sitting in that upper deck and I would be gripping on, literally just gripping on to the the armrests of the seat because I was terrified that I was going to fall out of my seat and fall to my death below onto the first deck crowd. And that would have been a big surprise for them. But in my brain, I really didn't think that that was going to happen. Honestly, I was like 99% sure that I would live through the game and I'd walk out of the stadium to enjoy the rest of the night. There was only like this 1% of me that really thought like sometime in the game, I was just going to fall to my death. But still, I worried about it. Same thing at malls. Malls have always been one of my least favorite places in the world because of one thing. It's those open spots in the floor plan that allow you to see like multiple levels down into the other stores. I hate that. So I don't know, like who designed this thing? It's ridiculous. I still walk like many feet away from the railing or whatever you want to call it by those things. I, I have this ever-present fear in me that somebody's going to come and they're going to push me over the railing and I'm just going to fall to my death. And I know it's a stupid thing to think. I get it. 99.99% of my brain says it's never going to happen. But I don't trust that rational part of my brain. And it's even worse when someone, especially if it's my kids, are walking too close to the edge. I absolutely freak out. There was a balcony at a, a place that we stayed at in Florida. It was, I think we were like 25 stories up and I literally almost had a coronary situation every time my kids went out on that balcony. Even though I almost completely believed that nothing was going to happen, that belief system didn't win out. Think about that. I don't need to acquire the belief that I'm not going to die around heights. In most cases, I already believe that I'm not going to fall to my death. I just need to choose to believe what I actually believe. I let that 1% part of me, I, I let that fear take hold of my focus that death is inevitable and it has kept me and it still sometimes keeps me from enjoying myself when I'm around heights. I think that we're in the same boat when it comes to wisdom sometimes. Uh, people know what wise living looks like almost all the time. 
You know what would be best for you in a lot of the moments of your life, but you choose to believe that something else might bring you more fulfillment in the moment or, or your, your brain is telling you what's wise and you, you just, you want to do something different. You do the thing that isn't wise. Just like, just like I choose to believe that 1% of my brain that's telling me I'm going to fall off from the upper deck balcony, I black out the 99% of my brain that tells me it's going to be all right and I'm in misery. And likewise, you are more wise than you give yourself credit for. You simply are guilty sometimes of too often choosing not to trust the wisdom that you know you've been given by God. Listen again to what James says in verse 6. He says, but when you ask, you must believe and not doubt. Now, I'll be honest, that verse sounds tough, right? Like, is God asking me not to doubt at all? Is, is that the only way that I can be wise? I don't think so, because frankly, we're human. Doubt is always going to play a part in us. Doubt might even actually have some healthy benefits for us at times. Keeps us from running headfirst into things that uh, we should probably spend a little bit more time thinking about. But I think James is asking us to give ourselves over to that part of us that, that actually believes. Just like I had to get over some of my fear of heights by giving over to the belief that I was going to be okay rather than buying into that smaller belief that I was going to die, we have to push deeper for the part of us that trusts. Even as doubt starts creeping in on us. And I think many times we know what we're supposed to do, but we let that smaller, louder fear win out over our hearts. In verse 8, James is talking about the person who constantly is tossed about by their doubts. And he says, such a person is double-minded and unstable in all that they do. And think about that. If you're letting your doubts keep you from doing what you otherwise trust as being wise and correct, you're unstable. Like Your indecisiveness actually negates your effectiveness. There's an important story uh, of a man in the Bible who I think had an issue of doubt that he was working to get over. He didn't let his nagging doubt keep him from believing and trusting in God. In Mark 9, there's a father who comes to Jesus looking to have his son healed. And his son is possessed by a spirit that has, it's causing him to be mute. He can't talk. And it's, it's giving way to these awful seizures that this boy keeps having. And so Mark 9, 21 through 24, it says this. Jesus asked the boy's father, how long has he been like this? From childhood, he answered. It's often thrown him into fire or water to kill him. But if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. If you can, said Jesus, everything is possible for one who believes. Immediately, the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. Now, the father, like all of us, he had some amount of doubt. And Jesus caught him on. He's like, you're, you're saying, if I can do this? But I want you to notice that his doubt did not cause him to distrust Jesus. This father was doing everything he could, everything he could do to hold on to this 99% trust that he had in Jesus and to not let the 1% of distrust keep him from following through on what he knew he had to do for his boy. Think about if that dad had let that small percentage of doubt keep him in his home that day. What if that doubt kept him from going through the difficulty of preparing his son and bringing him to this place where Jesus was at, where he was possibly going to expose him to ridicule because this crowd might see this, this boy thrown into convulsions in front of them? 
But see, this dad wanted to believe. He wasn't, he wasn't going back and forth between belief and unbelief. He was keenly aware of this little bit of lack of faith that stirred in him. But he chose to hold on to the side of him that hoped in faith. And he, so much so, in fact, that he asked Jesus for an even greater faith. And we all have some kind of weakness in our faith at times. But we have, we have to set our heart on what we actually believe, that 99% part of us. Are you pushing for greater faith always? Are you secretly leaning instead toward that pessimistic side of your unfaith? <laughs> in response to a faith that's always pushing for more, God will give wisdom to the person who asks for it. God will lead this person to perseverance, while the one who's lacking faith, a faith that would push through, that person will, will fall short when it comes to perseverance in times of trial. The enemy is always going to push against you, and his goal is to rid you of that optimistic faith that you have in Jesus. See, the voice of doubt is it's never going to go away, but that voice does not have to become your voice of doubt. You can make the decision to always choose faith, even when doubt is screaming at you. Now, some, I'm going to be honest, it's something that we have to ask God to help us with again. God, help me to even have the, help me to choose faith. Are, are you too up and down in your spiritual life? Are you bobbing around like the tossing sea one day to the next? There's a steadiness that choosing an optimistic, faithful outlook on life can, I think, bring to your life. It's it is a choice. As you choose to live in faith, you won't get beaten around by these daily storms like you once did. Matthew 6, 24, Jesus says that you cannot serve two masters. Either faith will master you or doubt will master you. And you can decide which it's going to be and you can ask God for more faith if that's the route that you want to choose. But trust me on this. Faith will lead to wisdom Doubt will lead to foolishness. When you're in a difficult spot, if you ask for wisdom and you choose by faith that God will grant you wisdom, you have the promise that we will receive wisdom. I don't know about you, but I want to go after godly wisdom. I want to trust Jesus to give me that wisdom. One last thing that Timothy Keller says, he says, never ever give up in your pursuit of wisdom. Do absolutely anything to get it, whatever it costs you. Why? Because it is more costly to not have it. Why don't you pray with me quick? Lord, I thank you so much that you are willing to give us wisdom. God, we absolutely, 100%, we need wisdom in our lives. God, I ask that you would help us every morning that we wake up and throughout the day, help us to, to humbly come to you and, and ask you for the wisdom that we don't have ourselves. And God, I pray that you'd help us to trust you, that you're giving us wisdom. God, there are times where 99% of me believes where you're, you're, you're telling me to go. And I let that 1% of doubt keep me back. God, help us to have the faith that we need to have to go forward in the wisdom that you've given to us. God, show us what wisdom looks like in our lives this week. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks again for joining us on the Central and Janesville podcast. Remember to check us out at centraljanesville.com. Have a great week.